Welcome, everybody, to the Assuminati podcast, the podcast that explores everyday topics with the assumption that a conspiracy may be at hand. I'm Brandon. I'm Bobby. I'm Matt. Let's do this. I've heard that you should put a little Celtic salt in there, too. It helps uh, open up the, you know, the blood vessels. Oh, that's what I've heard. Where would one get Celtic salt, and how is that different from regular salt? I guess you can order it. You can order it online. It's available. Amazon's got everything. It's got, like, does it have, like, leprechaun blood in it or something? What, what, what is yeah, this I think it's, like, 0.5% leprechaun blood. Oh, good. Straight from the depths of Mordor. Yep. Guys, I've been doing a lot, like the, of, a lot of study on this stuff. It's like the nutrients of superheroes. Dr. Uh, Parker, uh, can we get this episode started? Yeah, man, let's do it. Well, we don't need to talk about Celtic ge- salt. Well, how are you gentlemen doing tonight? Fantastic. Yeah, I'm doing really well. Didn't have my awesome. Celtic salt, so I'm doing extra good. <laughs> this episode brought to you by Celtic salt. <laughs> hey, hey, guys, I okay. started the episode. Snap back, let's and do it. you... Oh, sorry. <laughs> See, this is what happens when we don't create, like, an outline or anything. We just go completely rogue. <laughs> That's okay. Come on, Brandon. you got to control us. We're like wild cats. I have, I have zero control over either of you tonight. It's like herding so. cats. But we thought we would jump into one of our favorite episodes. We picked up a lot of new viewers, for example, or listeners, and uh, we thought it was time to revisit one of our favorite episodes from the past because there's been some updates there there's some uh some breaking news we we've mentioned a little bit of it yeah totally i mean we're a little bit behind i mean it's been about a year since some of these recent updates but a lot of activity on the news and in the conspiracy theory forums about a year ago so we decided what better time than now to bring it to light and talk about it so um, thought it would be cool to pull the episode from the archives, dust it off, play it. So take a listen, see what you think, but make sure to stick around towards the end where we'll fill you in on the recent activity of what happened and some of our thoughts about it. So here it is, the episode on America's Stonehenge, the Georgia Guidestones. Welcome, 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 everybody, to the Yasuminati Podcast. Woohoo! Welcome. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go, indeed. This time we have a peach of an episode for you. Oh, you're the dead puns. Oh, we love it. Brought to you by Matt, the king of the dead puns. Son of a peach. Speaking of peaches, this time we are headed to the great state of Georgia. Yeah. Go dogs. Southeast, go dogs. Go dogs. Now, last episode, we tackled the Denver International Airport. If you haven't had a chance to go and look at that or listen to it and look into the conspiracy, it's super creepy, but it was super interesting. It was fun to dive into. We figured we'd dive into another conspiracy i guess you could say we went over what a conspiracy is what we're looking for when we tackle conspiracies and we're going to do it again this time like i mentioned in the great state of georgia we're going to tackle what are known as the georgia guidestones also known as american stonehenge 
Really interesting stuff. Really interesting stuff. Northeast Georgia. If you take the highway from Atlanta headed towards Charlotte, North Carolina, right in the middle, you could turn off the highway and visit this monument, if you if you want to call it that. Is it on Travelocity's most recommended places to visit? If what number? In the area. I don't know. I haven't looked it up. Oh, is it? Yeah, is it? Oh, I'm sure it is. Maybe we should look it up. If only we had devices that could look that up. <laughs> so this American Stonehenge, this Georgia Guidestone area, again, just northeast of Atlanta by about, it looks like about 90 miles from what Google Maps is telling me here. In or just outside the city of Elberton, Georgia, also known as Matt. The granite capital of the world. The granite capital of the world. That's pretty. Elberton. That's a pretty that's fun a fact. That's a hard claim to beat. So, being in the area. I, I think it's self-proclaimed. <laughs> self-proclaimed. <laughs> we have a lot of granite. Hey, that's what we do in America. We have a lot of something, we go for it, and we name it. That's right. We take it. And we put it on a city sign, which makes it ours. So this American Stonehenge was built out of the local granite. They had the material, so they built it. They, they were waiting to see if people would come. So these slabs, this uh, again, we'll throw some pictures up on the screen. These slabs created a, kind of in the image of a Stonehenge-type monument. The monument itself is 19 feet tall, a little over 19 feet, 19 feet, three inches, made from six individual granite slabs, weighing for weighing in at a total of 237,000 pounds. That's heavy. Whoo! That's a lot of granite. Now, on these stones, uh, this is, again, if you were to visit this place, again, if you're going to take a, a, a recommendation from Travelocity like Uncle Bobby, and visit this place off the highway on your way to Charlotte. What would we see, Robert? Can you tell us what, what in the heck is on these stones? Because they actually have something on them. They're not just random stones on a hill somewhere. Yeah, I mean, they had to one-up the Stonehenge, you know, so they had to engrave some stuff on this. But it's out in the kind of the middle of nowhere. It's in a cow pasture. And they, they engraved some some things on there some guidelines or principles if you will on these guidestones and it's in eight different languages now because i am a master of all languages i'm going to read to you all 10 in just english oh okay impressive yeah yeah <laughs> go for I, it yeah so of these 10 um principles so starts out one Maintain humanity under 500 million in perpetual balance with nature. And, Ooh. you know, that sounds ideal considering the population of the world right now is like seven and a half billion and counting. But I don't know. It seems like there's a lot of people that got to go to hit that goal. So kind of weird. Right. Right. Um, two guide reproduction wisely improving fitness and diversity I gotta say i agree with that one some okay. people shouldn't reproduce uh three <laughs> unite humanity with a living new language as if the eight languages they wrote this out in were not enough uh number four rule passion faith tradition and all things with tempered reason 
Number five, protect people and nations with fair laws and just courts. Number six, let all nations rule internally, resolving external disputes in a world court. I would want to have Judge Judy rule over that world court. I think that'd be amazing. Okay, I'll give her a call. Yeah. Seven, avoid petty laws and useless officials. Amen. So all we should get some <laughs> useless <with> officials out. <laughs> uh, eight, balance personal rights with social duties. Also Number a nine. good idea. Yeah. Number nine, prize truth, beauty, love, seeking harmony with the infinite. Ten, be not a cancer on the earth. Leave room for nature. Leave room for nature. It's interesting how they repeat themselves. Well, yeah, mm -hmm. It must be important to them. <laughs> Very important. I mean, and they put it in eight languages. And, you know, thinking about the people of Alberta, Georgia, you know, I'm sure many of them speak, you know, Swahili, Hindi, Hebrew, Arabic, uh, traditional Chinese, Russian, you know, or, you know, English or Spanish, because, you know, they've got it in all eight languages. Um, and back in the 1980s, I'm sure, you know, that county was extremely diverse in its languages. You know how they got those languages translated in, uh, into those, right? Well, it probably wasn't through Google Translate. I'm just going to say it was, it was through the United Nations. The guy that built them had a contact at the UN. Nice. Sent them over there and got them to translate into the languages that they wanted. So I, I failed to mention at the beginning, 1980 is when these were built. So that, that Uncle Bobby's comment about not having Google, that kind of makes mm -hmm. sense there. Pre, Can you imagine? Pre-mass internet access. Um, I remember those days, pre-Google. Oh, yeah. Pre-internet. Pre it was rough times. Those were, times was tough. Times was tough. Yeah. So 1980, think about what was happening in the world at the time. Uh, we're talking Cold War. We're talking people on edge. All right. So as you walk up to this, you know, this modern day Stonehenge, um, they felt the need to give you some explanation. So there's another granite tablet um, as you're walking up there that gives some um, information about it. Um, and on there, you know, engraved is, you know, they say this is the Georgia Guidestones. Um, it was a erected in March 22nd, 1980. And um, just below that, that outline, there's a square inside which is written, let these be guidestones to an age of reason. Um, and then also in here, like they point out different astronomic features. Um, there's a channel through the stone that indicates a celestial pole. You can see that in the pictures. Horizontal slot indicates the annual travel of sun. Sunbeam through the capstone marks noontime throughout the year. And I wonder how accurate they actually got that. That requires some precision and like setting that up right. The author, R.C. Christian, and then in parentheses as a pseudonym. And they spelled it wrong. I think that's yeah, kind of that's interesting too. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to etch something in stone, you'd think you'd check the spelling before you started chiseling away. But, you know. They didn't have spell checker um, in 1980. Well, I don't think they have spell checker in granite slabs today either. Yes, they do. Granite slabs? Yeah, in the granite slabs. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I didn't know we invented that. Changing it's in that. the it's in the computer that uh, does the 3D printing of the granite. Mm. True. <laughs> I like to think they hand chisel all this stuff. The etching. Yeah. yeah. 
the laser uh, etching. So they, yeah. they, they, there were other languages on this guide or on this explanation tablet, right, Robert? There were. Okay. Yeah. So the other languages that are on this tablet are Babylonian, classical Greek, Sanskrit, and ancient Egyptian. Wow. So, um, now why they picked those languages to be on the explanatory tablet, but they're not on the actual guide zones. That's kind of curious. Um, these guide zones were sponsored by a small group of Americans who seek the age of reason. And then it references a time capsule, which this is interesting. So the time capsule supposedly is placed six feet below the spot on there's no date and to be opened on there's no date now was that just a mistake where you know they they meant to fill that in before they handed it to the granite company to etch in or is this something to intended to leave those dates blank we don't know i don't know that anybody's ever been bold enough to go start digging below this uh, monument it's all part of the mystery. Mm -hmm. What a mysterious monument this is. So it's in the middle of nowhere, kind of, uh, just outside a town known for granite. So they make this granite monument in the middle of a field. Put 10 commandments, I guess you could say, or 10 guidelines for future humanity. Somehow the population has decreased below 500 million at this point, and we are to maintain that somehow, according to the first and second commandment. Maybe they were hoping for an event like that. Who knows? Woo! Maybe the bigger event will get us down to 500 million. Maybe. I think we need to put our caps on. Yeah. So hold on, Robert. Hold on. Now, who's the author? Who's the creator of this thing? This, this tablet, this monument? Did it say? Yeah. So the author on the, the explanatory tablet, tablet says it's R.C. Christian, um, a pseudonym, okay. which is spelled wrong. And, you know, I'm just really wondering, you know, they obviously put a lot of effort into this thing. Like etching granite, especially money. the magnitude of it, is pretty big. Yeah, and, lots of money. you know, why would they do this? One, because it doesn't seem like, you know, to make a lot of great sense. So I'm just wondering, who was this R.C. Christian? Why did he do it? Who were the people he represented? And, you know, you know, do you know? I think Matt did some deep dive research on that. So what, what can you tell us, Matt, about what you found on R.C. Christian or, or what this, who the person behind this all is? Yeah, so there's a long story <laughs> once upon a time tell me more. i don't know i don't know back in 1979 rc christian or the guy that was going by the name rc christian visited this town in uh elberton elberton georgia and he went and uh contacted a local granite quarry um i think it was called elberton oh, i was granite granite city or something like that Anyway, uh, the guy that owned it uh, suggested that, well, kind of thought he was crazy and uh, said, I'm sorry, you're going to have to, 
you want to do what you want to build giant granite things out here in the middle of nowhere for what reason you know and the guy said to provide guidance to humanity in the event of a nuclear holocaust and in case we'd be able to re uh, rebuild civilization we would need some some guidance and these people this granite structure would remain after a nuclear holocaust well, that was the whole probably make it through yeah, that was the whole purpose, and that's why he picked uh, granite as the material. That's why he was out in the middle of nowhere. Um, the guy at the bank, or I'm sorry, the guy at the um, at the quarry said, you're going to have to show me <laughs> you've got the capital, or I'm not going to start this project for you. And so he recommended that he go talk to the bank president. He did. The bank president thought he was a little bit crazy, but he was able to set up an account um on contingency that he would give him his name his actual name because it's a bank and we all know that you have to have your actual name if you're going to have an account at a bank um so this banker knows who rc christian really is like the real name of this guy and they established some uh, correspondence through the years um he, he kept a lot of that correspondence and and so we ended up um you know eventually and we could talk about that further if you want but um figuring out who rc christian really is but um i don't know if you want to go down that far brandon well we can maybe recommend some sources that people can check out yeah okay so mm -hmm. let's uh so a lot of this information is contained in a documentary called dark clouds over elberton the true story of the georgia guidestones by j michael bennett bennett j michael bennett uh, and it has a lot of good information. If you want to uh, check that documentary out, it's on uh, available on Amazon Prime. It's I think it was two dollars and ninety nine cents, something like that. But well worth it if you want to check it out. You can get all the ins and outs, the names, and uh, he kind of reveals who RC Christian is at the end of his uh, episode, and it's pretty uh, pretty well done, pretty believable from my perspective. Wow. So there is an actual check that out. There is an actual person behind this, and that that documentary kind of goes into who that is, and yeah, what what, what the uh, motivation does it go into motive? It does. Oh, cool. Now, why why would he pick a name such as R.C. R.C. Christian? Well, R.C. Christian. So basically, what he wanted to, uh, to make sure that they knew is that he was a Christian person. So he wanted to pick the name R.C. Christian, which is loosely based on Christian Rosencrantz, uh, who can be tied to um, the Rosicrucians. Um, Brandon, I think you've got more information on the Rosicrucians. Yeah, it's an interest. It was an interesting rabbit hole to go down the Rosicrucian uh, society, and then the R.C. R.C. Christian resembling a rose cross Christian or that that Rosicrucian order connection uh that was an order way back in the 1600s i i'm, I'm seeing here in europe a cultural movement uh, a lot of the manifestos that came out of that were dubbed by many to be anti-christian <laughs> yeah they were yeah well they're secular right Sec so right. the big difference is instead of god having all of the answers for us uh, humanity can provide all of the answers to the problems. Um, and that's the big difference. Secularism as opposed to Christianity. Right. 
Yeah, and then the, the connection to the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn, which happened to spawn different cults throughout the years, different societies, Aleister Crowley. There's a name, Mr. Crowley, for you Aussie fans. Uh, maybe we'll do a couple related conspiracies to that order and, and Mr. Crowley. The, those are fun, fun topics to look into. Fun. I, I use the word fun. Interesting topics to dive into. Which Jimmy have, Page bought his house. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. We can dive into all that later. That That's good stuff. <laughs> yeah. It's just the, the influence behind some of these secret societies that are centuries old continued to come up. You know, the Rosicrucians won't uh, give you any information. These So these guys went and contacted the Rosicrucian Society, um, I guess in Atlanta, hmm. and, and they wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't say a one they wouldn't, thing. They wouldn't play ball, huh? Nope. With with this uh, monument, they uh, have marked that they've buried a time right. capsule, but this didn't mark any dates. there's no dates or anything. So some of the guys in the documentary that this uh, J. Michael Bennett did claim that there is something there and that they are keys and that they have to do with the Rosicrucians. Yeah. So anyway, you know, some people believe that some people that are really close to it actually believe that. Yeah. As far as the connection, I mean, like we mentioned before, the previous episode was about what is believed to be a new world order or Illuminati elite headquarters in the Denver International Airport. Well, here we are once again, tackling another conspiracy where the New World Order, Masonry, Illuminati connections uh, rears rears its head once again. So, what can we make of that? There's a time capsule in this one. There's a time capsule in the Denver International Airport. That's interesting. I mean, there's a time allegedly capsule there's in, a time capsule in in the in this one. There's no there's dates. A time capsule so. in my elementary school too. Mm, well, Robert, was it was it placed there by the Masonic Lodge of I don't know wherever Bear River. Could have been. Is there a Masonic Lodge in Bear River? Beaver Dam. I don't know, but there isn't. Oh, Beaver Dam. That's right. There isn't. I always say Bear River. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, Just the the fact that this New World Order, this uh, extinction event, once again as well. uh, It's it's assuming an extinction event has happened. This Georgia Guidestone. This this guidance for a new humanity. Um whether or not they're a part of the planning behind that event, or they just assume an event like that would happen. Uh, both are, are cringeworthy for sure. And then the, mm-hmm. the plan to maintain or hold humanity under a certain number, that's almost a Thanos snap for you uh, Marvel fans out there <laughs> mm-hmm. controlling the population. Um, and then uh, guidance for a society, a uh, one world government, uh, a centralized government that seems to be a theme with all of these conspiracies as well man i think the other thing too the other um comparison that i drew from the denver international airport and these guide stones is the fact that there is um significance in in uh astrology right so they've got astrological reasons for where the holes are you know that they that they 
bored through this thick granite um, so that on the every equinox, you know, the sun can shine through a certain way. And, and if you look at um, Masonic belief, there's a lot of, um, you know, building significance to how you're building something. Yeah. You know, and I think that that same stuff applied to the Denver International Airport. Everyone that was involved in building the um, monument. Yeah. Everyone that was involved in it, um, except for like maybe two people, the banking guy that, you know, the banker guy, what's his name? Wyatt Martin. Mm-hmm. You know, he he is not a Mason, but everyone else is. So the Coggins guy, Frank Coggins, Joe Fenley, um, Wayne Molinix that gave the, or not gave it, but sold the property. Um, and then all, they're all Mason. They're all, they're all part of that Mason lodge um, right there in, in the Elberton. Man. So, how do we so it's kind of interesting. So you got the Masons behind that. You got the Masons behind the dedicatory uh, uh, stone there at the Denver International Airport. You've got kind of some hidden messages throughout you got this kind of secret behind everything. Nobody wants to really reveal who it is. Nobody knows what the new new world uh, airport commission is. There's no such thing, right? Well, nobody knows who really, you know, nobody's supposed to know who built these Georgia Guidestones or what the, per- the true purpose was behind them. So there's kind of a lot of comparisons that you can draw. This guy, R.C. Christian, um we know is a mason right so he's he comes from a masonic background and he also published a book uh called common sense renewed okay i missed that okay so why that's important is because it's loosely based on common sense by thomas Paine, who also was a mason and had (laughs) and had a lot of kind of wild ideas for the time right and they were all about we as humans can figure stuff out we don't really need the help of god okay kind of a thing Which you know fits, fits and that the theme okay absolutely right and so this guy the same guy that put in these guidestones is the same guy that published this book you know that that basically explained all of his ideas that are contained in these 10 um principles by the way, the property is now deeded to the county, so the county owns it. Uh, it's five acres. That so this guy had no financial reason to do this at all. Hmm. He Didn't as soon stick. as he bought it, he deeded it right over to the county, so it wasn't even his land for an investment or anything. With stipulations, no. the monument would remain, and uh, and but- there there was grazing rights so that it wouldn't be covered up. And you, you've got a point here. He didn't make a dime off this thing. This was a complete right. loss. <laughs> as far as yeah. if you look it's at it from a money from spend a, from a business standpoint. Yeah. Well, so the other thing is with the, the money, you know, the what I read is that the, the granite company thought he was so crazy that they basically said, this is going to cost you a lot of money, which I couldn't find anything that said how much money that was. But they felt like that would be like an outlandish price. And this RC Christian's like, okay, that's fine. <laughs> should have should have given him a higher bid. Um, yeah. Would you like me to make <laughs> well, that you know, out? And, you he know, he yeah. wanted to make it bigger too. He wanted to add to what's already there. So what we see today as the Georgia Guidestones, his vision of that 
was bigger. So he was going to have more uh, stones that were kind of in a circle around the current um, stuff now. So he wanted to kind of make it bigger, but they came, but like you said, Robert, the granite company came back and said, here's our, here's our bid, which is way more than we initially told you. And then he was like, okay, screw you. I'm not going to do it. Okay. So we've talked about what this place is, where this place is, and what it might be. We've talked a little bit about the person behind it all, or this group of concerned citizens. So after talking about this, researching this over the last week, uh, Robert, I mean, what, what's the final verdict here, man? What, what is this place? Is it real? Is it just the, the act of a single man who had a bunch of money to spend? What do you, what do you think's going on here? Well, I, I mean, I believe the fact he represented a bunch of concerned people. I just think they're a bunch of crazy kooks. Um, not all rich people are smart. So, you know, interesting. I, I think it's kind of a cool thing that, you know, you can stop and see and we can talk about it, but you know, overall, I don't really think it has much to do with anything other than a group of people's thoughts that they wanted to share with humanity. Okay. So you're, you've got a check mark in the uh, crazy rich people column <laughs> but cool right it's still something cool to look at uh, so you find yourself in that camp i think a lot of people would find themselves in that category matt what, what do you think i'm gonna go with robert a little bit but i'm gonna stop short of calling these folks crazy i think i think these people that pooled their money together to come up with this are legitimately concerned uh you know it's a product of time and place to you know, if you consider that this is 1980, we're in the middle of a Cold War, we see Russia building up their nuclear arsenal, we're doing the same at any moment, we could launch into a nuclear uh, holocaust, um, people at the same time were building uh, uh, bunkers in their backyards. So I feel like as a product of that, there were people that were educated that felt like, you know, if this really does happen, then we should probably leave something to the future generation on how to rebuild things. And maybe their ideas don't align quite with mine, but they did have some very specific ideas that align with um, a lot of historical, uh, you know, leaders, for example, Thomas Paine and common sense and his age of reason that he wrote. And that's what they mentioned several times on the Guidestones is we want this to lead to an age of reason. So I think their ideas just aligned maybe a little bit more extreme than the standard viewpoint. But I don't, in my personal opinion, I don't see a huge uh, conspiracy behind these stones, more just a product of the times. That's, that's what I'm going with. And I, I follow, right. I think I'm a mix of both of you. I'm with you. Um, Part of me thinks, ah, these are this is a guy with too much money, wanted to put his stamp on potentially a society that would happen or, or, or survive an impending or unavoidable catastrophe. Again, I think you're right, Matt. People were building bunkers in their backyard. They were, uh, we were still doing drills under our desks as far as school children getting ready for bomb blasts. You see a footage of that from the 50s, 60s, 70s, Cold War. That, that was a that was a stressful time. So yeah, maybe we do have I, I, I firmly believe after looking into this that these people believed what they put. 
and believed what Obviously. they built. Yeah, they. This wasn't just like somebody had a yeah a big weekend and came up with this. There's, this is a sincere attempt to help future humanity, and they wanted to put their own stamp, it seemed, or, or uh, lend their ideas that they found. However misguided they may be, sure. And and you yeah, you can you can form your formulate your own opinion on whether or not you think their their commandments are are the way to go. I found a, a quote from Yoko Ono because she's the source of all truth and light. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> speaking of anti, uh, she described the messages as a stirring call to rational thinking. While many other Christian-based organizations have called this thing or this monument the Ten Commandments of the Antichrist. So there, there's many, many different opinions here. It's either you feel these guys had it going on, they, they understood what was happening, and they, they nailed it. Or you might find yourself in that camp of this is the New World Order trying to control the future. Maybe this is something satanic in nature. I mean, it seems like there's, there's three or four different camps when it comes to this monument. Yeah. And there might not be as much conspiracy here as we initially thought the more we looked into it. Yeah, I mean, I'm intrigued if ever I'm in yeah. Georgia again. Okay, road trip. I may stop there and then go find me some sweet peaches. That's right. Go dogs. <laughs> so today we learned about the Georgia Guidestones, and it was definitely an intriguing conspiracy to look into now whether or not it's a conspiracy or not i'll leave that up to you as the listener Um, but some interesting things that we picked up on that this group was you know probably had great intentions of giving us guidance for you know how the world should rebuild post an apocalyptic type of event that maybe they envisioned maybe not um, but some guidance and principles that they felt was out there, whether you agree with it or not. Um, so hopefully you were intrigued as well and found something you want to look into. But there's a lot of information out on this topic out on the Internet. So search it and come up to your own conclusion. But so thanks for listening. Have a great day. Goodbye. Thanks. Bye. Y'all come back now. You hear? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that, again, was our episode on the Georgia Guidestones. We released that way back in 2021, gentlemen. Can you believe it's been that long? No way. Holy cow. Woo! Time flies. So fast forward to 2023. Some things have happened. Uh, What happened to America's Stonehenge, the Georgia Guidestones? Yeah, some explosive news along that front, right? Uh, I see what you did there. <laughs> so somebody fill us in here. What what happened to this, this landmark? Well, on July 6th, so just about a full year ago, um, at 4 a.m. in the morning, somebody got up real eager that day, had some extra fireworks, I don't know, maybe some TNT, dynamite. They got it confused, but... Um, According to video surveillance from the area, um, somebody gets out of a car with a sunroof, skedaddles over, um, and then skedaddles back, and all of a sudden, boom, there's a big explosion, and um, one of the pillars was damaged quite significantly, and so um, act of domestic terrorism Um, Later that day, the county had to actually tear down the whole thing for fears of someone getting hurt. Um, 
from the rest of them falling down. So the Georgia Guidestones are no more. Wow. This sounds like a cartoon or a center, like Wiley Coyote with his Acme <laughs> TNT trying to catch the Roadrunner. That, that's crazy. So somebody done blew up American Stonehenge. So why would they do that? What's what's the reason that they would want to blow this thing up, right? I mean, some people out there think that the these things were just great to go look at. It was a, it was drawing in people to the small town of Elberton, Georgia. Uh, that was their main draw, right? So you don't think it's probably going to be a local that does this because their town is kind of relying on that money and the revenue that's coming in from visitors. Um, but then at the same time, some people think that these things have always been kind of satanic and drawn in, um, you know, New World Order ties and uh, things like that. So it's a polarizing monument to begin with since 1980. Uh, a lot of people on both sides of the fence here. So you never know who it is that uh, kind of got upset enough to go destroy the thing. You're right, Matt. I mean, since the beginning, this site has been controversial. It was defaced many, many, many times, uh, usually with some type of paint or (laughs) nothing this extreme. So, yeah, uh, this is nothing new. It's just somebody took it a step further this time. Yeah, for sure. And who knows who that may have been, but um, a gubernatorial candidate in Georgia, Miss Candace Taylor... Um, she had a lot to say in some of our campaign speeches about the Georgia Guidestones, um, going so far as to even pledge to have the, them destroyed if she was elected. And, you know, it wasn't long after that one of her speeches that the the explosion happened, destroying them. So, you know, authorities did talk to her about that. And, you know, she basically then led it to be that, you know, it must have been God that destroyed it. It was probably lightning oh, or something like that. Absolutely. That's what as, as the kids would say, that sounds sus to me. <laughs> Short for suspicious. Totes. She's Totes. got some motive there, especially if she's making promises publicly. Wow. Okay, so there's some motive. Yeah, so whether it was her or someone who was just following her that did it and said, hey, that's a great idea. Maybe it's a part of a group she's part of. You know, it's just kind of suspicious that, you know, the timing of it, you know, they've been there for, you know, what, 40 plus years. 1980. Correct. And, you know, they really weren't hurting anybody. The city actually liked the tourism dollars in the county. And now there's nothing for anybody to come and visit there. And their annual um, tourism revenue of about half a million dollars a year is just no more. I mean, what else is there to see in Elberton? And see, now this has stirred up a new controversy, right? Because the city is left picking up the pieces, no pun intended. <laughs> but they <laughs> they now have to figure out, and the new controversy in the city is, should we rebuild this or should we just not, right? Yeah. And so, so I know that's been, been kind of the subject of, uh, you know, discord among the the town of Elberton, but I think, you know, I think what you're about to say, Robert, is they're coming up with a solution or they have resolved this finally at long last. Well, what I read, so I don't know if they've solved it other than just saying, Hey, we're not rebuilding it. And they're exploring donating the land back to the original landowner. 
Yeah, that's what I heard. I think that's the latest news is, uh, and that's kind of where it stands now is I think they're all kind of in agreement that it's too, it's too much to try to rebuild it. It wouldn't be the same anyway. It's not the same mystique, uh, you know, the same mystery behind it. Um, because they're just rebuilding something that was already built. <laughs> yeah, so speaking of which, I didn't realize this till today, but their sister city in Japan, somebody sent a replica of this to Japan. So America's Stonehenge is actually in Japan and is alive and well. Have they set it up? Have they taken it out of the box? I don't know how long ago they did it, and I didn't even catch which city it was in Japan. So I don't know if they've set it up. Maybe it's one of those Christmas gifts, you know, you get from your aunt. The re-gift. You, know, you just They're re-gift gonna... it. So it's now in Iran. I don't know. It might Iran, be somewhere. How'd else. you get that Stonehenge? <laughs> we gave that to Japan. Wait a minute here. Now I'm worried about the future generations who survive the apocalypse. How are they going to interpret or or translate? How are they going to be guided? How will they be guided and and translate into different languages like Arabic? And, and Hebrew and Russian and Spanish, all those different uh, languages that were on the Guidestones. So I'm a little worried for future generations here. They don't have any guidance. This person remains at large because the this is a crime that is a terrorist act, believe it or not. So it's, yeah, it's considered yeah. an act of terrorism. And the sentence for this, if they're, if they're ever caught, is 20 years in prison at the minimum. That's a long time. That's a long time. Couple. They'd make a few lists for using those types of explosion or explosives yeah. in a in a public setting like that. Um, I mean, this story, though, was blowing up all over the place. Seriously, it's hot off the press news that we're picking up only slightly a year after it happened. But it did it's make some like noise when it happened. Chat GPT-3. Oh, there you go. Are you getting the... Uh, you got any more dad jokes for us? Uh, <laughs> Yeah, we're doing this like chat GPT. Our sources only go up to September of 2021. You guys are really lighting this up. So let's. Uh... Uh, anyway, I couldn't resist. Sorry. Well, in an attempt to not leave this episode in ruins, so to speak. <laughs> who, who do we think did it, guys? Who, My uh, mind's blown. Let's uh, let's get down to brass tacks here. Who do you think did it? All right. Well. This is going to be way out there, but the whole Georgia Guidestones is hard to understand. We don't know who actually did it. The guy who set it up was a pseudonym um, and all these things. What if this was the original plan? Be like, we're going to set up these Guidestones. We're going to spend a bunch of money, get this out there, get all this controversy of people talking. But hey, guess what? Some years down the road, we're going to destroy the dang thing and not let anybody know who did that either. Wow. Which makes Long me game. think it was the Clintons. Oh, definitely. Oh, they got to be involved. May have been. Clinton right. Foundation. <laughs> yeah. That's who did it. The Georgia Stones did not blow itself up. That's right. Just to keep that in mind. So I'm, I'm Other thing more... to mention, there was talk that there was a time capsule in this thing. They didn't find anything when they were cleaning up the site. Wow. Maybe they didn't have the time. They lied to us. Or maybe the time capsule was an explosive, and the guy running there was just there to like light it because it didn't do it automatically. Mm. Some bones are better buried. 
It's going to be National Treasure Part 3, <laughs> unless right. they've already made it. I don't know. I could see a Nick Cage movie about the Georgia Guidestones. I was just going to say, if there's somebody who can figure it out, it's Nicolas Cage. Let's get Let's him get on him the on job. It. So anyways, that's my theory. I think it was planned and destined from the beginning to blow it up. Because what better way to leave people just wondering what the heck is going on than to set it up that uh, way. This is the originator playing the long game. Yeah, or Mission Impossible. It's like this message will self-destruct. Right, Mm -hmm. right. Matt, what do you think? Who did did it? Who done did it? I told you, the Clintons, guaranteed. Okay, all right. My money is on the Clintons on every problem. That All is right, facing now, us. As much fun as it is to say the Clintons did it, like, do you have like any facts pointing toward it? Like, what fun stories you got for this? Well, I I know the Clintons would have a car that has a sunroof, guaranteed. <laughs> That's this it. is this is true sunroof. So there's tomfoolery. I don't I don't have any evidence yeah. that would suggest that the Clintons had anything to do with it. I honestly don't know. I feel like it's probably. Just somebody who, some right-wing weirdo that went ballistic and thought, you know, this has got to be a New World Order Satanistic thing. And they just went crazy one, one night with their with their dynamite and went out and blew the thing up. And we'll probably never know now, unfortunately. I just feel bad for the town of Elberton. I mean, this really put them on the map, right? Who heard of Elberton, Georgia before this? Granite capital of the world or not? I mean, seriously. Well, anybody in the funeral industry who's trying to source granite. <laughs> I guess there is that. They they did uh, make their fair share of gravestones. Did you know that their granite um, thing is like 35 miles worth of granite that they've been harvesting for years? Yeah. Vein, yeah. The vein, if you will. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm with you, Matt. I uh, I wanted to disagree and, and say that you both were wrong, but I, I do feel like this is a religious to, to maybe rid the world of this satanic monument. That's where I'm headed with this. Yeah. Or somebody did it for the gram. I guess, uh, has anybody checked Instagram if, if anybody's taking credit for this? Someone's, someone's got to do it. I don't it. think so. Don't <laughs> yeah, think that's so. the thing. Like, someone probably knows, someone's probably talking, but, like, I did a lot of, like, googling and stuff and nobody's been talking you know snitches get stitches and i think this one they took seriously and on top of that chat gpt only knows till september 2021 so um chat gpt has no clue this happened so elberton mayor daniel graves uh was quoted as saying our view of righteousness is not an almighty god that needs zealots to do his dirty work and destruction Wow. That's hatred. All the dynamite in the world can't change a man's heart. Golly. That's a great quote. It's yeah, obviously. The mayor's mouth. Put well, that on. Obviously, he's pretty upset. Sticker. Yeah. yeah it must be. Like you said, that's, uh, that's a hit. That's a, For sure. That is a local tragedy in itself. Regardless of what you think of the guide zones themselves, the, the local community may be the ones who, who truly suffer. So, See, and he's uh, thinking that mayor does think that this is like, uh, you know, on that religious vein, Brandon. I think he's kind of to make a quote like that. Obviously, he's thinking whoever did this was driven by a religious um, motive. So, yeah, they they probably weren't thinking outside of their own agenda for sure. And then he also said, 
it's already impacting tourism. That's a bummer. Mm-hmm. I feel like they could have roped it off and, and left it up. Well, yeah. I think part of it is they're worried about people looting to get souvenirs yep. of it. Yeah, yeah. I, can, I can see that. Yeah, so That's they... That's legit concern. When they yep. cleaned it up, the remains of it have been moved to an undisclosed location. So people don't know where it is. The pawn shops in town have said, like, if somebody brought it in to, like, sell, they wouldn't do it. Because it didn't blow the whole thing up. It blew down one pillar. And I'm sure they were thinking, like, you know, there's no way we can, like, actually repair this and make it safe quick enough. So let's just knock the whole thing down. But um, pieces of it may show up in a museum someday. But for now, they're hidden. And I imagine probably a few more people know about it than the the two people who knew who the, the guy behind it was. But maybe not talking. Maybe too they cleaned it up so fast and they destroyed the rest of it so fast because they just wanted to get rid of all the evidence that might have been there, right? There could have been some uh some stuff buried underground or some, some stuff inside. I don't know. Oh, hey, thanks for, for revisiting this episode with us. You know, it is one of our most popular episodes. Hey, share this with your friends. If you're enjoying <coughs> this content, if you're enjoying, if you're really liking what you're hearing, don't be stingy. Share this with your friends and neighbors and relatives. And their friends. And their friends. Until next time on the Assuminati Podcast. Yeah, I'm super stoked for that. Let's so talk about, about the Guidestones, baby. Oh.